Hello, welcome to A Seat at the Table, a podcast bringing together feminism, dinner parties, female friendship and food. I'm Alex, your host, the creator of Spare Ribs Club, an intersectional feminist book and supper club which explores feminism and social justice through literature, arts, music and food. Each episode I invite our guests to take us through their perfect feminist dinner party, three feminist icons as dinner guests, three courses and three tunes being played on repeat. This week, I'm very pleased to welcome Amanda Dowd. Amanda is a camera assistant and documentary filmmaker based in Glasgow. She works in the film and TV industry within the camera department and has worked on shows such as Black Mirror, The Chemistry of Death and Anansi Boys. She graduated from Cambridge with a degree in anthropology and she's passionate about interrogating its post-colonial relationships with film. Within her own filmmaking practice, she's motivated by those at the margins of canonical anthropology and documentary film and is constantly inspired by the ways in which they interrogate their other slash outsiderness. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. <laughs> so, which three guests are you inviting over for your dream feminist dinner party? So, my three guests are three individuals who have really inspired me on my journey, my feminist journey, my filmmaking journey, um, my journey with anthropology and academia and so the first one is Audrey Lord mm-hmm. um who's a poet a writer radical feminist professor wears all the hats um mm-hmm. and she secured a lot of my kind of earlier black feminist beliefs and ideologies and understandings and really helped me understand and move through the world th- through her work mm-hmm. um I think that she'll be a great guest to, I mean, I think it would be amazing um, bringing her back from the dead and having her <laughs> at a dinner party yeah. um, and being able to kind of talk through her work and especially because it has so many, it bears so much relation to what we're going through currently and questions and discussions around intersectionality within feminism. And I think her work really highlighted that and in a way that really set a lot of the groundwork of the kind of conversations that we're having now. Mm. Um, And especially um, one of, I think it's a speech and it's called The Uses of Anger. And that really kind of guided me as uh, a black feminist in terms of anger and fearing being the angry black woman, but actually channeling anger instead of fearing it. Mm. And see finding a way to kind of use our anger my second guest is Cheryl Dunyer who is a director producer screenwriter all-round filmmaker and actress and is phenomenal and I think a lot of people know her by her debut film The Watermelon Woman um where she plays a, a black lesbian um film clerk who's trying to look through the archives of black women and lesbians in film but discovers that they're kind of left out of the archives or left out of the credit and creates this fake character Faye Richards um, as an interesting way to kind of interrogate that history and a way to kind of show an official record or archive of black women and what those archives could have been um, And that film kind of really spoke to me in terms of finding a place for black women in history when she couldn't find it herself. And what does that history mean? And how can we interrogate that with the filmmaking form? 
And so for Cheryl, kind of blending film, uh, documentary film style and fiction film styles and creating her own style um, called Dunumentary, which um, I think is really cool. She sounds incredibly interesting. And I think if you're not necessarily within the film industry or you're not kind of into film, you might not have heard of her, but she sounds like a really inspirational kind of figure, especially for someone in film. Yeah, 100%. And um, similarly, my final guest um, is Chinti Minha, who is a Vietnamese filmmaker. Um, she's also a writer and a professor and a theorist. And she's amazing within my own personal documentary filmmaking um, journey um, because I first saw her, I think her, also her debut first film, Reassemblage, From the Firelight to the Screen. Um, during my undergraduate degree in anthropology and that film for those who haven't seen it she kind of it's a really interesting film to try and describe um, <laughs> she kind of she she films very traditional style ethnographic film in terms of observations of uh, a certain culture. She's a filmmaker who's really um, inspired my own work and the way in which she questions and interrogates Western narratives through her own work and through her own um, positionality um, as an outsider or between borders as both Vietnamese and American. And so it's kind of made me feel really confident in my ability to kind of do that within my own work and the way that I operate in the world. And you know, questioning binaries and questioning the the status quo. Mm -hmm. And so she's a really inspiring filmmaker to me. And she, I think it, it would be so cool to kind of have her um, in this dinner party. And I think when I was thinking about my guests, I was thinking about the kind of the most interesting uh, group of individuals, like how there is something quite similar about them in terms of where they position themselves within feminism, the way that kind of use um, expressive art mm. to interrogate that and inter interrogate their positions, but also how they're quite different in what they do and the kind of things that they're passionate about. And so I, yeah, I'd be really excited to have them as my dinner party guests and to see the kind of things that we'll be talking about. What do you think that they would be talking about mostly? Do you think it would be, would it kind of turn into what a lot of dinner parties ultimately turn into as kind of gossip fest, basically a little bit tipsy? Or do you think it would continue to kind of, the conversation would continue to revolve around film and those things that are really important to all of you? I think talking about film and art and what inspires us is so healing. Mm. And I think because all these women come from um, a level of feminism where that it's so embodied in them, mm. that I think having conversations about film and about what inspires us would be where the dinner party goes, especially because these three individuals inspire me so much. And I'm so early in my career that I would just love to pick their brains. Mm -hmm. And I know that Cheryl Dunye is also inspired by Audre Lorde. So I know that there'll be that kind of awe and that kind of 
picking her brains as well. And so I think it would be such a fun environment to just chat and think and theorize and laugh and just really enjoy each other's company. Um, I think that would be a, that would be my imagined perfect dinner party um, outcome. And, yeah, it sounds like the kind of layers of like people people's idols <laughs> and that it kind of sounds amazing do you think that those three guests would get on with each other I think they would I think that they would hold space for each other um I think it I think there may be quite an interesting um conversation between Cheryl and Trin because of um their filmmaking practice being within this kind of breakaway from classic documentary style and theory um but also like I think it would be quite interested talking about how like why they've broken away from these narratives but also what do they find so interesting and important from them as well and so there might be a little bit of um in um, there might be a bit of like debate (laughs) as to what they believe is the kind of the issues with the form in which they use I guess and so first off where is it being held is it being held at your home or some kind of like fantasy imagined place where would be your your dream kind of place to host so my dream space in life and somewhere that I always imagine as like my happy place is a river or a lake house like a nice little cottage like right next to the river in and amongst the trees far away from a lot of people um there's something about that that's so calming and so restful and relaxing and healing that I would love to host a dinner party there in my fantasy lake house (laughs) that I like own and live in in a couple of years um (laughs) and invite them into my home but currently it's just a fantasy um but I think it would be really like just a really nice kind of like retreat I guess um and a good place to just switch off from the rest of the world and just think and imagine what life could be like and imagining otherwise and and thinking and theorizing and yeah I just think it would be such a a nice space yeah, to have definitely are you in this kind of dream dinner party are you taking the role of chef as well as host or are you getting in a private chef or someone to kind of do the cooking for you I um I mean we'll go on to my 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 courses soon but I because of my courses I'm not quite rogue um we're all cooking together and we're making together and making a feast and then we all sit down and eat and enjoy and go back for seconds (laughs) in a couple hours but um I think it's something really nice about cooking together and making something together that maybe you're not trying out the most interesting and difficult and complicated recipe but you're going back to the basics of just making hearty food and cooking together and enjoying the outside and enjoying the conversation um 
that would be my dream because I'm not a great cook as well. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it would also be nice to have um, a helping hand. <laughs> um, and what tunes are going to be on repeat all evening? So I've got um, a playlist that is always on repeat for me. Um, it's called Female Gaze. It's just women and amazing music by women and non-binary people. And I love that playlist. So that entire playlist would be on repeat constantly. But the first song on repeat would be Nicki Minaj's new Barbie song. Yeah. Which is just <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> I was going to ask if you've seen Barbie yet. Of course I have. I've seen it and it's just so good. And there's just so many layers to that film, isn't there? Mm. It's a pretty joyous film that deals with a not so joyous subject. And I think despite all the criticism, which some of it I do agree with, um, mm. what they've managed to do, I think, is is kind of very impressive, to be honest. To have a kind of child-friendly film that also deals with some pretty heavy stuff is, is in my opinion, pretty pretty impressive and the soundtrack is is wonderful so it's yeah and the way that it's kind of brought so many people together yes um in a way that is just it's just quite spectacular just the amount of people who have watched it and related to so many issues mm. and it it speaks to their struggles and like the struggle that it is to be a woman in the world and in a patriarchal society mm-hmm. and just to have that moment to kind of be like yeah like this this is our lived reality but I'm not alone in going through this mm-hmm. and this film is like showing that and I don't know just being in a room in a cinema just people who are just like silent at what's her name Gina's um monologue yes yeah yeah and just like having like the complete silence in the in the cinema is just yeah it was it was insane <laughs> it no, was you're really right. good it was a quite a powerful film for a film that I didn't think would be well I think I knew in the weeks before because obviously all the marketing was kind of making it clear what kind of film it was but definitely when it first got announced I was like okay cute Barbie film I'll go and see it but I never imagined it would be <laughs> it would be like that but I guess Greta Gerwig is you know I'm not surprised by by how it's been dealt with, given it's given it's a Greta, a Greta film. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, I remember just seeing all the um adverts and being and the trailers and you know I don't really understand what this film is going to be about and <laughs> if it was going to be one massive ad for Barbie and Mattel. Um, yeah. But even like those kind of nuances that are you know. It, yeah there was just so many nuances in terms of capitalism and overconsumption and the kind of detrimental effects in that way and it's like it did it in really in a really interesting way yeah so you've got Nicki Minaj's Barbie World top top choice how about your second so the second one is 20 something by Scissor um such an amazing song I think it's topped my Spotify wrapped every <laughs> year since it's come out um it's just such a love letter to womanhood and figuring it all out and being young and making mistakes and but also that feeling constantly of you know being 20 something and what that all encapsulates 
um it's just such a good song <laughs> <laughs> and how about your third so my third one is such a bop but it's um my body my future and it's a remix by Kirsty Harper of um Samira Rahim's um that viral video that went around yes. um, a couple of years ago yeah. it's like what is my body my body's not a political playground and like <laughs> that and yeah it's a it's a remix of that song and it's just so good and it's a collaborative like remix as well and that would just be going off and <laughs> we'll just be like dancing and just yeah. feeling it and it would be a good time I love how your chosen songs are kind of fun and like joyous and almost kind of girlhood you know the whole thing about Barbie yeah people were going to watch Barbie as, as little girls and they were kind of in touch with their girlhood if those tunes feel like an extension of that 100% and I think in terms of creating the space with this dinner party and facilitating warmth and healing and conversations and a space in which to just think and imagine otherwise that I think having music that really celebrates being women and enjoying like enjoying that aspect of womanhood especially like the sisterhood aspect and coming together and being and doing that through food and food that you make together and eat together I think those kind of that that those three songs were really like hone that in that yeah. it'd so, be a great vibe yeah while you're dancing to Barbie what are you making for your starter so <clears throat> my starter so I'm vegan mm-hmm. and vegan food has come so far since mm-hmm. I started being vegan um six years ago now and so it's gonna my three courses are all vegan but the the starter will be spicy cauliflower wings like yeah. vegan nuggets and kind of like beige food that's like <laughs> I like <laughs> that you're like... continuing on the kind of almost like yeah childhood party kind of thing <laughs> yeah in like a really sophisticated like late house I just yeah I want to see Audrey Lord eating vegan nuggets listening to <laughs> while trying to have a really serious discussion about like intersectional feminism <laughs> exactly and that is exactly <laughs> the space in which I want to facilitate yeah um, <laughs> I think the stars are yeah it'll be fun it'll be because I think like thinking back to our childhood and what we were like and healing our inner child starts or comes a long way with through food yeah um and especially when it's just a bit silly just eating vegan nuggets at a sophisticated dinner party with Audrey Lord (laughs) (laughs) it's silly and it's fun but it just facilitates such a a lovely environment what kind of vegan nuggets are these the corn ones the corn ones, green bird's eye green cuisine do yeah. some pretty good vegan nuggets as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those two. Nice. That's really good choices. Um, and what about your main? So my main is probably one of my favourite foods in the entire world. Um, Beyond Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> vegan yeah. Beyond Burgers. We love Beyond. Um, they're so good, like insanely good. 
Yeah. And what would be fun is kind of grilling them and someone making like the relish, chopping up all the pickles and, and the veg. Um, just like all, I love all the different bits that are incorporated and that you can personalize your burger and have like nice brioche buns, all that good stuff. I think that would be so fun to just like make and dig in and play up and yeah. So you've got kind of like a burger making station, customizable um, of Beyond Burgers, all these different toppings. What would be your perfect vegan Beyond Burger as a kind of finished project? project? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, like a nice brioche bun that's not too sweet. I think sometimes the vegan ones could be like really sweet. And then lots of pickles. Yep. And just like the classic kind of like cheeseburger-esque burger. Mm. is just, there's nothing, like, there's nothing wrong about it. It is truly perfection. Yeah. So that with like some melty vegan cheese, maybe like the applewood cheese. Um, yeah. A nice kind of like burger sauce with like ketchup, and mustard and mayo and pickle juice. And then, yeah, and there's some like caramelized onions on it. Oh, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, because I'm also a massive Beyond Burger fan. I was vegan for a, for a while, um, and I don't eat meat um, still. But yeah, Beyond Burgers are like my number one burger. I love a, and I think you can get good vegan feta nowadays. But like it with feta, and mm. avocado, and some like caramelized red onions is so good. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah. That sounds so good. <laughs> I think yeah, definitely that should be an option for. I think Audrey Lord would would go over that. You know, she'd like. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and that's the thing, actually, that like incorporating because I think everyone has their own like burger combo that's so different, and even stuff that I see now, um, like online, of just like the most random burger combo or additions and it's like it's so customizable and it's so personal that it'd be so fun as you say to have like different stations of like different toppings and just like go crazy and have and fun I do, with it I do think nowadays that that is the kind of trend of like food and dinner parties is people kind of eating to an extent what they want how much they want it's customizable like being able whenever I host a dinner party I kind of provide the main but everyone else kind of brings something like a side or a pudding and everyone's just kind of sharing and I think that's much more kind of rewarding than like I don't know a Bridget Jones-esque soup which goes wrong mm. <laughs> <laughs> where everyone's eating the same thing um I think it's much more kind of community um yeah aware of like community and that kind of thing yeah no I love it and it's it's like making a sophisticated potluck I guess yeah. even though potlucks are very sophisticated but like you know having the candles and the music and yeah, all of that it's the best way it's the best way yeah um how about pudding so my favorite um flavor is like lemon anything 
So, and lemon drizzle cake is so easy to make and it's so good. So I would make a vegan lemon drizzle cake. And I think like I would make the dessert just because it's like my offering of love um, to the party. Um, and then have that with some vegan ice cream, maybe some like Swedish glazed vanilla ice cream. I think that would be simple and yummy and refreshing. Delicious. That's a great pudding. Are you drinking anything alongside your food? That's such a good question. I haven't, I don't, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably some cocktails will be happening. Yeah. And mojitos, um, Aperol, just to kind of balance the the food with the sophistication. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want um your cocktails to have those like little paper umbrellas in them and like kind of yeah reminiscent of when you made a drink when you were like four years old and you had a little you know technicolor umbrella and that kind of thing exactly no I think that's <laughs> that we'll have like all the kind of party um like decorations and make it really fun and I think cocktails are also great because they're so um inclusive like you can make mocktails and just kind of make really nice refreshing drinks without the kind of need to drink as well so I think cocktails mocktails that'd be the number one and again it's a fun making process that everyone can get involved with and yeah I feel rewarded for making a nice drink I love that um and how's that night kind of progressing I guess you've eaten you've chatted for ages um you've had cocktails mocktails um what's happening next are you grabbing a taxi to the nearest I mean I feel like you're pretty rural so I don't know how (laughs) close this like club is uh or are you you know just kind of talking into the night until people are tired and go to bed I think um I can't imagine (laughs) us going out even if we weren't in the middle of nowhere it'd be <laughs> so that'd be so interesting to watch um myself Cheryl Trin and Audrey out on the town <laughs> I mean you've already you know you already sound like a sex in the city kind of quartet you know I, <laughs> I think you've got it <laughs> I think that would be I mean maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get drunk enough to encourage them to do that but I think the natural um kind of progression to the night is probably putting out projector and like watching some short films and like I don't know like sharing work I guess or like yeah as you say talking into the into the into the night I feel like they will all stay up quite late chatting I feel like they the type of people who you realize it's like 3am you've been chatting about a singular thing since like 11pm but yeah I think I think yeah we'll just be chatting away um I love the thing that I love most about dinner parties and I don't do them enough um if ever but I just love the kind of conversations that you facilitate and the way that you connect with people that you're with in a way that's different to like being in the pub and chatting but then there's too many people around or you're going to a second location or you're doing this or you're doing that and I think connecting especially as women um and especially in terms of building community um is so important I think having a space in which to do that and not worrying about you know going out and doing this or doing that but actually just connecting even more um and sharing work and feeling comfortable 
like chatting about your work I'm so like weird when it comes to like talking about like myself and like what I do um but I think in an environment like that with people who and especially as well like people that you look up to who you probably compare yourself to even though it's it's incomparable but like having space in which to just like talk to them and pick their brains and feel inspired I think would be really nice I mean that's an interesting point about um yeah like not not being not finding it comfortable to like talk about yourself or the work that you do do you think that's because of age or because of other reasons it is so much to do with age um but even more to do with this insane level of comparison that we have because of social media and it's it's simply the fact that we see so many people on social media that we would never have seen in our day-to-day lives like back in the day like we have so much access to people and their lives and what they're doing on a day-to-day basis that there is you it's so inevitable to compare yourself to people but even more so as an age thing seeing people who are your age or younger doing things that you can even like dream to start doing or is not in your kind of five-year plan it's one of the most difficult things I think about being a young woman is that comparison because women of course men kind of compare themselves to others in terms of career and all of that kind of stuff every you know everyone who lives in our current society compares (laughs) but I do think there's a kind of unique pressure on women societally to have everything to be you know in a kind of a great career but also in like a healthy happy relationship that might Mm -hmm. one day lead to marriage and babies but you're supposed to have those at a certain age but also you're supposed to be at your job progressing at a certain age all these different pressures that are just impossible to to contend with when you're in your 20s a hundred percent and also just because everything is advancing so quickly that it's just this level of because even when you feel like you know you understand that you're juggling so much and one can't possibly try and be all these different people or wear all these different hats Mm. it's still the kind of but people are people are doing it and things are progressing and so it still makes you feel like you can't escape it in a sense um and so it's yeah it's really difficult um to not compare yourself and to also detach yourself from it especially because you know you can pay yourself on social media and then some people need social media for their work Mm. so it's 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 constantly a conversation about how can you exist in this space and how can you look after yourself and your mental health and constantly check in with yourself so that you're not constantly comparing yourself to people that you wouldn't even know had existed before social media and do you feel as like a young black woman you must feel even more of a pressure in terms of your background and and how society views you and that kind of thing which adds like a whole extra layer of kind of difficulty yeah 100 percent. i mean it is really difficult Mm. (laughs) as a black woman Mm. and balancing so many hats and 
the stereotype of the strong black woman or this kind of superwoman and you know seeing black women who are doing such amazing things and still balancing you know the brunt of misogynoir and existing in the world but still able but still being able to achieve such amazing things like that also plays on yourself because and it's like if they can do it then I can do it and it's just it's this whole kind of mesh of comparison that is so detrimental but it's also great to kind of see inspirational black women who are doing so much as well but then as a young person it's really hard to just be and to just exist and to not feel like you need to be doing what other people are doing Mm um I'm currently like working on uh, a documentary about black women and mental health and it's just like just in the kind of looking at the the stats and the facts and just seeing how there is such an insane mental health issue uh, like mental health epidemic for black women because of these very things because of comparing yourself to others and because of that kind of comparing yourself to the strong black woman stereotype and trying to be the strong black woman and to not have emotions and this idea that black girls don't cry but it's just so deeply embedded in um in how we view and how we interact with black women Mm. that it's just it's not serving us in any way um and so I think it's really hard and I think it becomes a question of um, for yourself, like how do you protect that and how do you protect your energy and how do you protect your mental health? Mm. I mean, I guess what what advice would you give to kind of younger black women and, and girls who want to go into film and, and documentary making? Because I, I presume you have you take a lot of strength from your, your job. I think um, it's really important to like know what you love about it. Um, you know, a lot of people who love to get into film and TV obviously love film and love TV, but especially as a woman of colour, really understanding like what is your voice in all of this because it's really difficult to try and get into film and TV in in, a, in and of itself, but because of the way in which the the industry is and how historically um, it doesn't let in a lot of women of colour, that knowing what your voice is, the stories that you want to say and why you want to say them, because that will help you navigate the space. Mm -hmm. It helps you understand the the types of people that you want to work with. It helps you understand... um, who you want to be your allies in in the industry it will help you kind of find your network and find your people but also it helps you it will help you overcome the kind of need to have to appease people to just get a job Mm. I think is what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say because I think it's really hard um because this industry is built on networking and opportunities and I rub your back you rub mine Mm. and 
and it's a level of networking that I think a lot of people aren't used to or exposed to yeah and it can be quite hard trying to battle mentally with them um, you know feeling like you have to be a certain someone for someone to like you to get you to get you a job mm-hmm. and so I think be staying true to yourself and understanding what you the stories that you want to 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 tell and what you love about the industry and what you love about film and tv it means that you find your network and it means that you don't have to constantly battle with yourself um and you know take jobs that you don't really want to take just because and it's also really hard because the industry at the moment is is really um it's really struggling at the moment um and people within the industry are really struggling um and so it's it's hard to get in and it's hard to stay afloat so it's really important when you're getting in to recognize what 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 it is that you love about it I always ask my guests one final question um what are you doing on an everyday basis in a small way to become a better feminist? I absolutely love this question um, <laughs> because it really does make you think and um, yeah it's a great question I think the theme of my dinner party um, is very much about healing and growing and resting and relaxing um, and that is what I do on an everyday basis for myself to become a better feminist and to be a better feminist um, because rest is inherently very political um, self-love is incredibly radical and in order for us to keep this movement and momentum going and in order for us to not be tired and frustrated and angry and wanting to give up and there's injustice after injustice and things just don't seem like they're changing or changing quick enough or we're making steps back that if you are able to look after yourself and your mental well-being it takes you so much further and so for me in my everyday practice um trying to show up as the best version of myself and trying to kind of relax and heal in order to then show up for the rest of the world um is really important and it's really difficult and it's also really difficult um being in the world and having to constantly be met with so much adversity mm-hmm. and so yeah it's really hard to kind of look after yourself and that is what I try to do every day I Um, I think um one of my favorite answers to that question because normally I think people think that they have to say something really proactive or that they're kind of doing something amazing and and helping someone or other people but actually the most important thing is is to rest and it's so needed and and healing Mm -hmm. healing is the only way to kind of you know break generational trauma and and um all of those kind of things that people deal with on an everyday basis so I love that answer thank you Amanda (laughs) oh thank you 
um and thank you for coming on on the podcast um thank you for uh such a delightful dinner party um i thought it was a, a great menu great guests uh, and great <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you very much